0: You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. And action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host Brett Gilliland, and today I have the privilege to sit with uh, Mr. John Smith. John, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's incredible to have you, man. It's uh, you know, my wife and I went and saw. For those of you that don't know who John Smith is, we went and saw the movie Breakthrough, and uh, you know, I thought, well, this this movie should be pretty good. It's you know, this St. Louis kid. And what an unbelievable story. And I tell you, man, I walked out of there and we, I told you already, we went straight home to the kids. <laughs> I'm like, we don't really go to this little, little spot. We grab a drink. We have some food and we're like, nope, tonight we're going straight home. Right. Yep. So, uh, went home and got to hang out with the kids, man. So your story is unbelievable. For those of you that don't know who John Smith is, can you maybe just give us a lay of the land? What's made you the man you are today? Obviously, you have a major event in your life that Mm -hmm. made you the man you are today. But if you could share that with us, that'd be great.
1: So on January uh, 19th, uh, 2015, uh, me and two of my friends were out on the ice in Lake St. Louis, Missouri, on a lake called Lake St. Louis. And we were just having a good time. And if you're in Missouri, we... We know it's bipolar weather. You know, one minute it can be sunny and blue, and the next minute we're in the basement under a tornado warning. So that's just what had happened. It had gotten really, really cold and it was getting warmer. And we were just out having a good time because we had won a basketball game.
0: And you were how old at that time?
1: I was uh, 14. 14. So we're just having a good time. We're celebrating a big win from a basketball game. And it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, so we get that Monday off. So we're just hanging out. And I get a phone call that day from my mom. She doesn't know we're on the ice. Now, we, as of now, we have discovered this fascination with the lake being frozen. We had noticed it had been frozen, and it just doesn't happen here. So we were intrigued, and we tested it out the best we could. We were throwing rocks on it, you know, having our hands on the docks, jumping up and down on it just to make sure that it was as safe as three 14-year-old boys could right. make it. Exactly. And so my mom called me. By this time, we had been out there. We were having fun. And she said, do I want to go train and play basketball? I said, of course, that's what I love. My dad um, worked for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's been a big sports guy, worked for the Pacers. So I was like, of course. Right. And eight seconds later, um, from when we told each other we loved each other, we all fell in. All three of us fell in. One was close to the dock and able to self-rescue. Me and a good friend of mine were 25 to 50 feet out from shore. There was no way we could get back because there was so much ice in between us. We just couldn't break, you know, between getting there. And he told me after this was all said and done, you know, a little period of calm before the storm, really, before all the press hit again. And he came over to my house. He said, I was expecting you to come up, but you didn't. So I was pushing him up to stay uh, just to stay afloat, just so they had an idea of where he was, where I was. And by this time, I had drowned. By now, paramedics are on their way. Uh, one of the boy's sisters called 911 as well as the manager of the facility there and tommy shine of the Winslow fire department he broke every protocol he knew that he had to get me and get me soon he did he didn't even wait for the truck to stop he just he went for it he went hmm. for me um he asked the local captain he said do you have a rope for me he said nope he said i'm going any other way so he's coming in looking for me Keep in mind by now I've the clock's ticking. They say if you're under the water for only a minute you have a ninety nine percent chance of not making it, period. By now I had been underwater for five minutes plus. So he's looking for me and he's searching and searching and searching. By now that the the boy that was in the water is saved. And it's it's up to me. The clock's ticking. And and are you coherent at this time? Sorry to interrupt. I'm, I mean, I'm completely underwater. I am submerged. There's nothing. But I, do
0: you have any idea what's going on at this point? Or are you blacked out, passed out by now? Or are you, by
1: now I drown up. By now I'm, I've just taken in water and I'm, I'm out. You're done. I'm, I'm done. And he's, he's searching for me. Here's a voice saying go two feet to his left. Like it's portrayed in the film. But instead of go back, it was go two feet to its left. You know Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> and so he he goes over there and he sticks a pike pole, which is a long pole with a big hook at the end, used to tow drywall down in a fire. And he says, "I just got, I got to pull something up." You know, by now it's 14 minutes and 30 seconds that I had been underwater. And he pulls me up, and it's me. I'm lifeless. I'm blue. I'm gray. I'm dead. They they rush me to shore. They do everything they can on shore and. It was all God timing because there was a hospital about three minutes away from where I fell in. So they rushed me there and they do everything for me. CPR for 45 minutes. They raise my body temperature because they have a saying that you're not dead until you're warm and dead. They did everything for by now I had been dead for an over about an hour and eight minutes. They bring my mom in. Now, my mom didn't understand what was going on. My mom knew that i had had an accident, but she didn't know all of this. She thought that, you know, I would just be fine. I'd have a couple injuries, um, but she didn't know the extent. So Dr. Kent Sutter comes up, and he says, you can go talk to him. Mom didn't really understand that because, you know, they were wondering why, you know, they quit working. She didn't right. know that I was, they were getting ready to call time of death. They actually waited for my mom to come in to call time of death, which is just unheard of. Wow. There were a couple things that were going on when my mom walked in that walked into that emergency room. They said when she walked in something walked in with her as well as not just the atmosphere changed but the physical temperature in the room changed. So she grabs onto my two feet cuz that's the only thing visible and she cries out to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please give me back my son, give me back my boy. Not a minute later, not 5 minutes later, that moment every apparatus on me turned on and I had a pulse. So sixteen days later from the time that I had fallen into that water, I walked out completely fine. Forty days later that I from the time I fell in, I was released from all medical doctors. I still have to go into the doctors, not because anything's wrong, just because they want to test me and see what you know, if anything is wrong and nothing to this day is affected or anything. I have um bad knees, but that's just because I played a lot of basketball growing right. up, so
0: Unbelievable. So, I mean, if, if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this or watching this, go check out the movie. It is incredible, like I said earlier. But uh, a lot of stuff going through my mind here. So, so at what point did you kind of wake up and, and realize something major had happened? Do you recall that that time? So, you know, I I saw I remember seeing
1: a couple brief, you know, memories, you know, they take me off the propofol to see where I was at. And I can kind of remember, you know, I saw my uncle, um, my brother and a dear friend of mine, you know, kind of having conversations with them. Um, but really the first night that I have complete memory was the night I pulled out my feeding tube. I didn't know what it was. I was really scared. It was the first night that I could, I saw the hospital ceiling and I was really just freaked out. And I was because you really didn't know why you were there or anything. I had I mean, no idea. They had me yeah. drugged up so heavily that there was really nothing I could yeah. remember or feel. And this was when they were starting to take me off because I had start. I woke up. I had a great oxygen level. They were just starting to pull me off everything because they couldn't believe what was going on. They yeah. had no option. And so I talked to my mom, and she said, "I knew that I had fallen in the ice, but I didn't know to the extent of what everything that had happened. I didn't know I was dead for an hour, underwater for fifteen minutes." You know, 99% chance I was supposed to be dead. Like I had no idea. I didn't know my friends knew I was there. Like I didn't know the timeline at all. I didn't know. And I, I still remember this as clear as day. I said, "Mom, do my friends know I'm here?" She says, "Honey, the world knows you're here." And and that just hit me because I, I knew that I had fallen in the ice, but I didn't know that God had done everything He did through you know me right. being in a coma.
0: Yeah. So at, at what point did when your mom walks in and and your dad's there? At what point did they know that we think our son's going to be okay? How long was that?
1: It was. It was actually like a couple days. Like it took days because, you know, you medical doctors are amazing. Right. They, what they do, you know, I can never do. A, a. I don't have the stomach for it, and b. I just don't. You know, they're just amazing at their field. Yep. And but they have Dr. Kent Sutter does multiple interviews saying, I had to tell myself that he's okay because my scientific mind doesn't want me to believe it but my faith knows that it's possible and that's really what because the scientific mind wants to say there's no way that he should be living they 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 searched for three years after this accident looking for a case just similar with the same situation and there was only one lady that was in i think finland denmark somewhere in that area she had a skiing accident and her head was only submerged just her head and she was only 80% healed, whereas, whereas for me, I was 100% healed. So when you ask that question, you know, did it take a while for them to get on board? It took a long time because after a while, they'd say, we would have pastors in there praying for me 24-7 and the doctors would uh, come in and they say, don't move because you're doing much better at what you're doing than what we're doing because we, we just can't, we can't comprehend any of this.
0: So, I mean, if somebody says to you, what I mean, what... What saved you? What kept you on earth? I mean, what's the answer to that?
1: I get that question all the time on social media. You know, there are people that just don't want to believe it. But there are a lot of things that go into the story that I think proves different from multiple. You know, we've had Heaven is for Real. We've had Miracles from Heaven. Right. We had these films that sure. have you can, there's a lot more skeptics out there for those. But for this one, we not only have that we believe in God and that God raised me from the dead and did complete healing, but we also have science. Dr. Jeremy Garrett from Carnal Glennon in the city is a medically renowned expert in hypothermia and drowning. And he'll get on the air saying, I can't explain it. This is a bona fide miracle. I cannot explain it. I can't explain it. And so we, this, this is a work of God, you know, coming in, touching me and saying he has a purpose and I'm going to show you what I can do in a country that wants to say that, okay, God is dead. I mean, we flip on the news right now. All we see is chaos. Right. This story is bringing people hope all around the world. And so that's really what we believe this is for. It's it's just God to be put yep. on the big,
0: big there, screen. There is no other answer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. anybody that's underwater, what'd you say, 15 minutes? 15 minutes, 15 minutes underwater. I don't think there's any human that can hold their breath for 15 minutes. (laughs) I don't think you can. No. And, uh, so now I'm assuming, uh, what, what's the message today? I mean, what's, what's your mission, your vision? Uh, I mean, you're how old today? I'm 18, 18 years old today. And you've been given this gift, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is this mission now? So, you know,
1: I have been basically kind of put under the wing of Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. He's a very big uh, pastor. He runs the NHLC, which is a huge, huge ministry in Central America. Mm -hmm. And I'm adopted from Guatemala and he is from Puerto Rico. So he has kind of taken me under his wing. Um, He put me at the college that I'm going to be attending in the fall, North Central University in Minneapolis. And then from there on, I I hope after my time at NCU is to go to um, L.A. and work for him. Work for him in Sacramento and his L.A. campus, and become a pastor. Then, but my goal really is to you know get the youth back on board. You know, we live in a traditional church; it's very old school. And you know, I feel like with young blood, we should bring bring the kids back, where the where they belong to Christ. And so, I really want to also get involved with Guatemala, where my home country. Um, He's very involved with Puerto Rico, and I want to get you know the U.S. and Puerto Rico um, back. I mean, the U.S. and Guatemala back on its feet. This is
0: Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilliland, your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. So talk to us to go back to now your parents and and your relationship and and your faith, uh, your relationship with God at that moment. It was strong. It seemed like in the movie. Again, I don't know you other than just now, um, but your relationship with God seems strong uh, in the movie before the accident. Is that a fair statement?
1: Actually, no. Okay. You you know, for me, God was, I struggled with abandonment my whole life because I'm adopted. Sure. Um, My birth mother gave me up, I, th- I believe she was 18. And, you know, it took a long, long time for me to forgive her. Actually, it took me until I was about 16, 17 to finally realize what she did for me was the greatest gift that she could ever give And so, but I, I wasn't saved. I was struggling with, you know, the church, you know, I never understood how God moves pastors to where he needs them, how he might have them there for a season, but he's calling them to a better season. And for me, that was just something that really hit me is that these, Pastors would come in, leave. I'd grow close. They'd leave. I'd, you know, and I fell away from the church.
0: Right.
1: I'm about uh, sixth grade, and you know, I was just being me. You know, just trying to play basketball. I was, you know, trying to get a scholarship. I was pretty close, but you know, I and I fell away from the Lord. So falling in, I wasn't saved, and even afterwards, I wasn't saved. You know, they say that this life is glamorous that this life is amazing, but it's a lot of hard work. It's, it's very time consuming. You know, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends. Um, my senior year, I didn't really get a senior year because I was promoting breakthrough and you know, I'm not complaining. It's the greatest gift that I could ever meeting. These people has been amazing, but it is hard. Um, it's hard in the family and, but it took a while. It took a while for me to realize that this is something that God asked for me.
0: That this. So is what was my that purpose. moment? Do you do? You, was there like a defining mm-hmm. moment? Because obviously you've got a unbelievable story, right? That it's like well, kind of like the knock on the like, how do you not believe or be saved, right? When you're dead for an hour and eight minutes, but you had a moment. Yes. Uh, and what was that?
1: I was playing basketball at Christian High School. I just come off an uh, off an injury, and we were playing Trinity Catholic High School. And I'm sorry, we were playing Cardinal Ritter, another, okay. another prep school yeah. and we were playing them and I just come off injury and I kept hearing God, you know, just nudge me saying, I have a better purpose for you. I have a calling on yeah. your life. Why are you running from me? And now I heard this audibly twice and the first I've already heard it, but I ignored it and I got back to the court and it's the first game back. I am my friends. I have everybody there cause it's my return game Right. and it's, coming up to halftime I dive on the floor for a loose ball like I've done a hundred times but at that one time there was a tall tall gentleman you know how tall they are <laughs> yeah he stuck his knee right in the side of my head Ugh. and that was the end of my career because they wanted me to end my career sooner because of the accident because they didn't know anything with Long my brain facts, exactly yeah. and so that was the final straw right there and I'm crying. I'm upset. I'm, my dad's holding me in front of everybody. Like, I, I, at that moment, I didn't care because I knew that was the end. But that night, um, I heard God say, why are you running from me? And that night, I got on my knees in my room. It was one of the, It's one of those nights when you can't sleep and you don't know why. Yeah. And I just got on my knees and I said, okay, God, whatever you got for me, I'll do. And I wish I would have been more specific on, on the pace that he uh, the journey he took me on because it's been very busy. But I can honestly say that was the moment that I finally realized, okay, God, whatever you got for me, I'm going to do. I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. And if it's hard, it's hard. If it's easy, it's easy, but I'll do it.
0: And so the, talk about the movie, for example. For, so was that something you guys go out and pitch to people? Do people no. come find you? I mean, how's that
1: work? So that was all God-ordained. And so Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, like I mentioned earlier, he was on a flight, I believe, to or from Dallas, and he got an alert on his phone was claiming that this it, the secular news was claiming this as a bona fide miracle and he was just like wow he didn't know if we were muslim he didn't know who we are right. like he didn't know us from anybody so he gets on tv and he just starts preaching it secular news claiming that this is a bona fide miracle done by jesus christ preached it while my uncle in ohio is watching is flipping through tbn or whatever christian station and he sees this and he hears it so he goes okay that's good. So i know that guy <laughs> that, that's really cool i know right. that guy so he's like, he told, called my mom. My mom was like, "Yeah, eh, that's a, whatever. You know, that's really cool. It's neat, yeah. but, you know, we could never get a hold of him. Well, a couple of days later, he does it again on another TV station. So my uncle calls us again and he goes, maybe we should get a hold of him. So my mom gets on the thing that everyone gets on Facebook mm-hmm. and he direct messages him and he, do you want to know the full story? And while Pastor Sam comes back and goes, I want to know it all. I'd like to fly you out to Los Angeles for TBN. We go, okay, let's do it. It changes three times in a year. All God-ordained, trust me. And we get to there. We're finally there in L.A., and we're in the green room, and there's just amazing gentlemen asking if we have drinks, food, whatever we need. So we go and do our segment. This gentleman does his segment. We talk to this gentleman for 45 minutes to an hour. And at the end of this conversation, he reaches his hand across to me, my pastor, and my mom, and he goes, I'm Devon Franklin, and I just produced Hmm. the movies Miracles from Heaven, and Heaven is for Real, and I'd like this to be my next film. Meanwhile, he's praying that his next film would come in his lap, and he meets us that next day. Wow! So we, we don't know. People ask us all the time, "How do you get a movie?" Uh, we we have still have no idea. No answer. No no answer at all. Only that you know God ordained it. It's and like
0: people say, how, do, "How does something go viral?" Like
1: just no answer.
0: It just happens. Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it was amazing, and Devon did an amazing job. Devon first got Roxanne Dawson to be a director, Mm -hmm. um, and he, she, her story with her daughter, her daughter, her daughter Mia, is adopted from China. Okay, so that connection there. It wasn't about her, you know, her, what she's done in the past. It wasn't her career. It, It was just that one thing that her daughter was adopted, and that she. This was coming from a mother's perspective. This film. And you can really feel that within the whole film, how yeah. it is a mother's story and through the mother's eyes. And that was the first part. And then getting, you know, uh, Grant Porte to write the screenplay. Um, he did an amazing job. And then first we had to find Mom, which Christy Metz, which that's a whole other story. Yeah, she, so Christy
0: Metz from This Is Us, for yes. people that uh, may not know her name. but she, uh, she actually had a
1: prior commitment to Breakthrough, and she just felt uneasy about it. And she prayed to God saying, okay, God, if you don't want me to do this, then make it clear for me, take it away. That next day, that project fell through, and she signed on to Breakthrough. That next day, and Breakthrough would not have happened if we did not sign Chrissy Metz. Wow! So that was and an, why is that? Why is that? Why would that
0: not have happened without her?
1: Because you know, she's the hottest topic right now with This Is Us, it's the number one film. Um, and they f- really felt like she would be the key part to the to playing mom. Right. They had a couple uh, other options, but. No, no one that could really, like, Chrissy did an amazing job. She did. We were, um, we were actually, I was sitting in my living room talking to my mom, and Devon sent us the sizzle, which is just a little rough cut of what they've done okay. on set. It's before the trailer. It's something we could go show people, but it's not the full trailer. And we're, we're sitting in the living room going, Mom, when did you do this voiceover? When did you do this voiceover? And mom, me and Mom are just sitting there thinking we're replaying it time and time again, and we realized it was Chrissy Metz. Wow. She had listened to the interviews that mom had done and captured her perfectly. And, you know, the next step was getting um, my pastor, which Topher Gray signed on to play. He did an amazing job as well. And then finally me, um, Marcel Ruiz from One Day at a Time that just got off of Netflix. um, He signed on to play me and he did Fabulous job.
0: So, how much role did you guys have in that? Were you on set? Did you get to help with the screenplay? I mean, all that?
1: So, we went up to Winnipeg, Canada for about a week and got to meet everybody, see, you know, what was going on. And then when the screenplay came in, we we did get to, you know, kind of have our input. And that was the one thing with Devon and, and Roxanne. They wanted it to be real. They want to yeah. give someone, they don't want it to be fake. They want to give someone a film that is genuine, 100% true. And that when it's said and done, we can go back and say, it's honest. Right. And so that's what they did. There were a couple things in there that happened but didn't happen the way it was portrayed. Got it. Um, like the conflict between Chrissy Metz and Topher or Jason and my mom, that never happened. They've never fought once, but it was a composite character because my pastor just came into, like, a 95-year-old church and was changing things up. Right. So obviously there were going to be complaints. And right. so they just put that through my mom. Um, my mom and dad never fought, ever. Uh, I joke around and cheer for my dad when that scene comes on because I know my dad would never argue with my mom. <laughs> so yes, the first time they argue, go dad. <laughs> first time, and but that never happened. There, How'd
0: that make your parents feel?
1: My mom, they weren't happy about it, but they knew that that was mostly symbolizing how tense yeah. inside the hospital it actually was. And you know, sleepy uh, slash hungry does not go well between right. family members, and it was between other family members, just not my mom and dad. Yeah. And so there were a couple of things, but for the most part, they were there, just not in the way it was portrayed. Yeah.
0: So what about the guys that were with you on the, uh, on the ice? What's, what's life like for them now, you now with those guys, what's that like?
1: So for me, you know, I'm just attending um, North Central University in the fall in Minneapolis to study, become a pastor. And then also I think minor in business. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. And then, like I said, going off to LA and hopefully preaching and, yeah. you know, starting my life. They are one of them. Uh, Josh Rieger is going to Illinois State. Okay. Uh, he's excited about that. I believe yeah. he's going to study business. Um, and then Josh Sander, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, we all chose our own path. We kind of separated, not because that, you know, we don't like each other, but because right. life,
0: yeah, you sure. know,
1: takes us all in different ways. And so years old and- they're doing their own thing, but they're doing yeah. well. We just awesome. graduated Sunday. So okay. on to the next big yeah. thing.
0: But you got that that bond forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll never forget those guys, and uh, no matter where they're at in your life, you'll never forget them, Mm -hmm. and they'll never forget you. Yeah. Um, So, talk to us now. Pardon my voice. I got allergies bad. Um, Talk to us about mindset now. I mean, what? I mean, going through something like that now. When you look now, fast forward. You're 18. When you're 28 and 38 and 48, what's your mindset for life after going through something like that?
1: You know, for me, I've been put on a very big platform. A lot of people are watching me um, for a couple months with, you know, promoting it. I was, you know, very, very known. And so with Devon Franklin, before this even all started, he pulled me aside and he said, I want you to remember something and I want you to live off of this because you're going to have a platform. You're starting out much younger than I did and you're probably going to be using it for the rest of your life. Right. And I want you to remember this, to stay humble and stay hungry. Hmm. staying humble and remembering where you came from i'm just a st louis kid i love the cardinals i love where i live you know i love you know getting waking up every saturday morning going to go waffle house and you know just doing me right. so staying humble and remembering where you came from staying hungry and chasing after what god has for you remembering that he gave you it and he can sure take it away as well and so you know from my mindset that's just what I try and live by every day waking up you know remembering that it's a gift that I'm alive right. and that it's a gift that I get to witness to these people and be you know that leader um, and then I also remember that he can take it away if I abuse it and you know just being thankful for you know my family and this time on earth
0: so let's talk about the circuits of success and the first one is attitude when you hear that word what comes to mind?
1: Staying humble, you know, attitude. Uh, my parents have always raised me to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, just having that right attitude with everything, yeah. you know, you know, never making a situation bad because your attitude can definitely bring life to a situation or bring it down. Yeah. And, you know, having this platform, I've always got to be on and have a positive attitude. Yeah even though when I when I have a negative attitude. And, you know, I'm human. I will always have a negative attitude every now and then, but I always try and remember that if people see me, I want them to remember that this is John Smith for John Smith with a positive attitude rather than John Smith with a negative attitude.
0: And did you have a negative attitude? I mean, dealing with that stuff, mm-hmm. where you, did you have the poor me type stuff as a 14-, 15-, 16-year-old kid? I never really had the
1: poor me. I had the why me. Okay. You know, that attitude of going, you know, why? Just why? Why out of how billions of people on this earth did you pick a kid from St. Charles, Missouri, that lives on so and so address, that you know drives this? Why? You know, I I struggled with that. I struggled. You know, why would you take me from being heat, like at a high level of basketball to having to basically start over? Yeah. And you know, my attitude was very really negative during those times because I I just wanted to know why would you do this to me? What did I ever do? And it took a long time for me to realize that you know his purpose what was that defining moment do you recall you know the defining moment where my attitude just shifted was that night that I got on my knees and said okay you take it and you know there, of course there are going to be hard times you know throughout this journey to this day but I always try and remember that he has a plan and a purpose and that you know my attitude affects people
0: this is Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success we'll be right back Welcome back to the circuit of success. I'm Brett Gillaway and your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. So what do you wish now? So, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about you a lot or my kids a lot when I'm watching that movie, right? I got a 13 year old, 11 year old, a nine year old and a five year old. There's ponds around my house. I did it as a kid, me and my buddies would go play hockey on the pond and we'd, you know, do that same thing, right? Checking to see if it breaks and, you know, for us nothing ever happened, mm-hmm. but what advice do you have for kids now? that may be listening to this or their parents are listening and they're going to turn them on and listen to this. What advice do you have for those kids?
1: Kids are still going to be kids. You know, you can never really stop it. I mean, right. I'm still, I've am still, i still done some stupid things even after. <laughs> I haven't got back on the ice, but right. you know, now that I can drive, I can honestly say that uh, me and my buddies have done some pretty childish things. But, you know, one thing that I always encourage kids is always love your parents. You know, you, you're not promised tomorrow. Parents aren't okay. promised tomorrow. Kids aren't promised tomorrow. No one's promised tomorrow. But the only thing I can say is that don't go driving away angry. Don't go to bed angry. You know, every night before I go to bed, I always go, my mom has her special chair, and I stick my head down, she kisses my forehead, and she says, I love you, and I say, I love her too. And my dad, after he's done watching every sports event, <laughs> event going on in the U.S., he'll come into my room, and he say, I love you, and I still love you too. You know, those words are said a lot, but when you actually sit back and you think about how important they are in a day or an mm-hmm. or evening, and you go they're sacrificing everything they can for me. Parents are. Yep. I'm representing them. So those words have more than what we just tend to think about. And for my advice to kids is just tell me you love them, tell me you appreciate them. One thing that, my mom just had a stroke a couple months back. Mm. And one thing that has stuck in my mind ever since then is that Facebook post, you know, you always see with the cell phone that has mom, and then at the bottom it says, some people don't get this chance to see this on their phone anymore. And same thing goes with a father. Right. I always try to remember that. So always remember, you know, to cherish those moments. You might get annoyed. You might get angry. But I guarantee you they felt the same way about you. Um, but always remember to love them.
0: And do you think this experience, I'm assuming, is what's helped you mature to the 18-year-old to sit there and have this conversation we're having today? A lot of 18-year-olds can't do that. So mm-hmm. would you say this, this event has helped you mature? This, event, this event's
1: definitely put a lot of my life in, in, you know, it's put it all in perspective for me and mm-hmm. for my family uh, We were close before but this has just brought us closer right and you know there were some issues but you know it's just brought the family closer and realizing how important the time we have here on earth is
0: So what are your passions today I mean what, do you, uh, what do you what do you enjoy doing the most
1: um, you know I've, I coach basketball now that I can't play yeah. I coached my middle schoolers from sixth to eighth grade um, I love I play pickup every now and then yeah. um, but I, what I really enjoy now is I love getting to go to youth events speaking to them, you know, telling them, you know, one thing I always try and tell kids is that I'm still a kid as well. I'm still 18. I don't have life figured out. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just you, I still make mistakes every day. And so with that, I just love, you know, getting to hang out with them, meet new people. Um, that's really one thing I always enjoy is getting to go to different States and, you know, just see what's different about the culture and how they are and, you know, just try and help them the best I can. And so that's really my passion is, um, the youth and, you know, just getting to share.
0: So how much did fear, how much has fear played a role in your life up to this point? You know, I, I, did have night
1: terrors, the, you know, where you wake up exhausted, but not remembering the dream. Um, but fear for me, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, I wasn't really scared of the lake. I've been back. My best friend actually lives on that lake. Hmm. I've, I've, gone paddle boarding and canoeing in that lake. You know, the first time I actually took one of her, um, paddle boards and I swam over to where I fell in and I just, I, I put my paddle down chills yeah i put my paddle there i just sat there and i said thank you god for giving my life and you know it wasn't a time of me crying or upset it just it, it actually made me smile to realize that you know he has a plan he gave me a second chance in life and you know it's just my job to live it out so i was never really upset never really angry the fear part of it never really played a factor it was it was only just thank you for everything you've done for me and you're continuing to do for me
0: yep. so what's uh what's next with the movie now this thing is is doing I'm assuming very well it's been it's a phenomenal movie so what's what's next with that I know you get the movie mm-hmm. He's got a book, right? Yes. So
1: talked about that. So my, we, of course, when we signed on to do the movie, they wanted a book first. Sure. So my mom wrote, uh, it was The Impossible, The Miraculous Trite of a Mother's Faith and Her Child's Resurrection. Now it's just called Breakthrough, which is a lot easier to say. <laughs> so they uh, she wrote Breakthrough, and then they formed it into a movie. Next, uh, I believe my mom is going to write a second book. You know, m- going into more detail about her life, I believe. Yep. Um, her story is just incredible. Um, from having a full-ride scholarship to Juilliard and throwing it away and getting in a bad marriage and so on, and just how God just transformed her life and her starting her ministry at 66 years old. Um, You know, God just putting a whole cycle. And so she's planning on that, and then they want me to write a book, you know, dealing with—a lot of people deal with that orphan spirit with abandonment. They want me to kind of touch on that, you know, adoptees, um, you know, my life, how to deal with— um, being humble and sort of things like that. Yeah. So that's kind Because it is of a gift, part. right?
0: I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about your life today, I mean, is, is that how you've just then repositioned it in your mind, that it's a gift, the, the adoption?
1: You know, I, I dealt with uh, the struggle of abandonment, like I said. Yeah. And what put it into perspective for me is I have a girlfriend and she has a baby sister named Penelope. She's two now. Yeah. And I, I was around when she, you know, the whole time. And she had a very, very hard birth. Like they almost lost her and her mom. Yep. And I sat back and I watched her mom sacrifice her body and risked it all for that child. And for me, I put in my mind how my mom sacrificed her body and her time to have me, but gave me up. Now, knowing how close Penelope and her mom is, I could never imagine how what it would be like if my girlfriend's mom had to give up Penelope. Hmm. So for me, I just put in perspective... I could never imagine Lolinda, my mom's name, giving me up for a chance and for a future. So my whole journey in my mind, well, the miracle happened when I was 14 and the miracle also happened when I was five months. But the miracle started in my mind when I was put in my mother's womb and she gave me up for adoption because without her doing that, this whole timeline of my story would never
0: happen. Never happened. Wouldn't be sitting here today. Exactly. And um, so now talk to us about Hollywood. You getting to go to the uh, the big red carpet events, all that kind of stuff, right? What was that like for you? I did it all.
1: (laughs) I, I, I have done it all. I did the marathon. I actually did L.A., St. Louis, New York, New York, St. Louis, L.A., L.A., North Carolina. Well, actually, I did Dallas before I even started all of that
0: those like, are you know, like red carpet events, all movie screening type stuff.
1: All of them. Um, I think the when the red carpets came, it was Dallas, St. Louis, LA, LA, LA. Yeah, so is
0: Christy Metz and all I mean they all at
1: all those as well. Christy Metz did more than I did. And I I couldn't imagine. I was whipped after those 3. And you're 18. And I'm 18 and <laughs> she's she's not much older than me, but she yeah. was she was pulling it better than I was. I got really good at those good 15-minute naps, but yeah. uh, they were fun. So, so that's what I was going to say. What's that like? It's fun. It's surreal. You know, they, it, it's definitely more hyped up than what it actually is. I will say that. It's definitely different, um, you know, getting to, you know, walk the red carpet. I walked with my girlfriend, of course, and we had a good time. Um, but uh, I will say the po- the flashes of the camera lights, they, they get old pretty quick. And, and the man. interviews, they're always fun. You know, you d- meet different people. But I, I wouldn't change, you know, my life. That was right. a, definitely a great season of my life, but I'm, I'm glad yeah. that the n- new one is on the horizon.
0: So what are the uh, actions that you need to take today to become the best you? What do you, you got to do every day?
1: I just wake up and I look in the mirror and I say, okay, how can I better myself as a Christian, you know, as a future you know, man, husband, fiance, so on and so on and so on. I look up every morning and I go, okay, how can I just better myself? Yep. You know, how can I change? You know, if I made a mistake yesterday, how can I change him today? And, you know, just realizing that every day is a gift, you know, from God and c- continue to push forward.
0: And so do you, do you wake up every day and think about the event when you were 14 or does it kind of become second nature and you're not? Or is it like, hey, man, this is such a defining moment in my life That I do literally wake up every day and I'm thankful.
1: You know, for me, I've tried to humble myself a little bit too much, you know, trying to go back to the regular life, you know, trying to be a regular teenager. But I do remember it. There is a, uh, I have a, I have a lot of posters in my room. But one thing that I always keep in my car, actually, um, it's a coin. Now it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what's significant about that coin is Joe Morrow, one of the firefighters that was there with Tommy Shine. He was actually in the water with Tommy Shine looking for me. He carried it with him. I think I believe he got it the day before he came and rescued me. Wow! But he's carried it with with him ever since. But the night of the St. Louis premiere, he gave it to me and he said, "This is your angel. It's, this is this is the coin I've carried with me and that's kept me safe. And I want to give it to you. And I keep it in my car. I have a little Hyundai Sonata and it's got a little pocket right next to the next to my elbow, and I I, I keep it in there. And every time I get in my car, I always remember, you know, what happened to me, and you know that God's always looking out for me." And so that, that's my little reminder every day yeah. is that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's incredible. So where can our uh, listeners and, and viewers, where can we find more of John Smith?
1: You know, I'm on social media, um, John A. Smith, 25. I have a very, very common name, <laughs> so I've had to spice up my um, right, your Twitter handle, my handles. My and handles all, all my handles on everything are John A. Smith, 25, John A. Smith, 25. And so but we have the book Breakthrough. It's out everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. And the movie is still in theaters. We did. We were very happy with it. You know, we were holding second behind the Avengers for quite a bit of time. Yeah, you're like,
0: of all the timing to come out, yep. why do you got to come out with Avengers,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a Marvel movie every four months. Where right. You're like, we might as well just take our hit. Right, so, exactly. But it's still out for a little bit more while longer, and so we're, we're just enjoying our time. You know, we're off right. a little bit. And so, but yeah, I'm on everything at John A. Smith 25, and the movie is still out for the time being.
0: And uh, if somebody listening to this wants to bring you into their company or their church or wherever to have you speak, uh, is that wh- where's the best place to reach out?
1: Uh, well, you can find me on my social media. Just send me a direct message. I answer them all to the best of my abilities. Yeah. Uh, I have a team also to kind of help with that. Yeah. And then um, I believe it's breakthroughministries.com or breakthroughmovie.com. You can find us and book us. Okay. There's a form we'll f- the, that you will fill out, and then we'll get back to you to kind of confirm it sure and then you know we're on our way to see you and the rest is history I mean, the rest is history
0: well john smith you've got an amazing story my friend and what a true miracle and just a complete honor for me to get to interview somebody like you so thank you for being here and uh, thanks for being on the circuit of success oh thank you for having me thanks for listening to the circuit of success i am your host brett gill and in each and every single week we're going to bring you a great guest whether that's a a business leader a professional sports star, an author, whatever it is, we're going to bring you as much as we possibly can to help you live your best life. And so we look forward to bringing that to you every single week. If you want more on our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, check us out online at visionarywealthadvisors.com. You can also find the show's website at circuitofsuccess.com. We'll be back next week with another great guest on the Circuit of Success.